0: it is waiting for the ding. I think my internet's a little laggy. Sorry, guys. Well, what up? It's your girl Delia here with another, uh, chilling with the homies with another Eagles Landing podcast where Eagles fans from coast to coast come together to talk Eagles and a little NFL action every Wednesday. But... This will actually be our last podcast for the season, since the season is over, pretty much. Uh, We'll get into that. Um, Let me go ahead and first introduce our special guest we have here, Um, rocking his chip visor. That's Uh, right.
1: This is the, uh, might be the last appearance of the chip visor here, folks. Yes. Soak it in. Soak it in. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you have seen him on my channel. You know him best as Madden.
1: Madden G4D. G4D. Yep.
0: And uh, I'm the
1: guy that relates everything to Madden.
0: <laughs>
2: Madden champ over there. Yeah.
0: Yes, but he's also baby daddy slash hubby. So you know, a lot of a lot of good times going on and craziness with. Oh, I'm I'm a little I'm a little out of it today. And you know why? We'll get to that. But let me introduce—we got you already know—they're here every week, talking it out with me. Um, it's been a crazy, crazy season. Um, Gail, how you doing? I'm
2: uh, just living the dream over here. Uh, not that we had any big news to talk about, but I feel like this show—we're gonna—we're gonna end it with a bang. E-Rock, how are you feeling over there?
3: I am still recovering from the party that was the Eagles Twitter Awards. Uh, I know me and Delia are kind of in the same boat. When uh, when we finally went off the air last night, we both kind of just looked at each other and said, okay, now what? And uh, we both need to go to bed. And uh, the, today was a lot of catching up with, uh, with all the chip news.
0: <sighs> yeah. I... Uh I'm there with you, Iraq. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week so far. You know, um, the Twitter Awards. I guess we'll start on kind of that positive note. That happened yesterday. Uh, it was it was really fun. I'd say it was a great success. It was our first time, you know, coming together and doing this crazy show. And we had a like over 300, close to 400 people watching us live. And y'all were going crazy on Twitter and the awards, the guest presenters. It was just a really awesome experience.
1: Yeah, Twitter did not know what was coming because first, first Jeffrey Lurie hit him with some big news. And then right after that, you know, we hit him pretty hard. And uh, if you didn't see the awards show, check it out on Philadelphia's channel. It's really fun. I've never seen anything like it, and I really enjoyed it. So uh, i definitely check that out.
0: So, Gail, as The Observer, how oh, yeah. did you enjoy the show?
2: Uh, I was uh, sitting on, on the edge of my seat. Um, it was definitely, uh, you know, you guys threw me some curves. I, I thought I had some people locked in for some awards, and, and it was exciting. Definitely exciting.
1: Did Did you order the Zomps garlic hair gel?
2: Um, <laughs> if you got any beer gel, you know, because I don't really get the... Uh, the mop to uh,
1: it's, a, it's an all-purpose garlic gel. So, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sign me up.
3: You know, one of one of the things that went most unnoticed, and, and nobody has brought it up, but it uh, we all kind of noticed noticed it. And for both hot takes, <laughs> and takes some worse hot takes, and we're not exactly sure how that happened. We don't know if Elliot was cha- championing, you know, winning. Uh, best hot takes, trying to garner votes because he won worst hot takes by a landslide. It wasn't even close. <laughs> wow. The best hot takes was kind of close and, and it, he comes away with both of them. So I guess he's just got hot takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that as I was watching it. But uh, hey,
2: he's the best and the worst. We, we, you
0: know?
2: he, so he makes he, a lot of hot takes. So I guess he's basic then. <laughs>
0: oh, basic! Watch out! Just
2: kidding, Elliot. I love you guys.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you know, with that, and you know, special thank you to Erock. You were kind of the main man, just like driving, driving this whole thing to what it was. So, you happy to relax now?
3: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I am ch- chasing these uh, award presenters was a little challenging. Having them get the videos to me. Was a little challenging, and then uh, and then all the editing that went into those little mini breaks, the intro, the chip, the really bad Chip Kelly impression, uh, the Zom commercial, <laughs> and uh, the in memoriam. Um, those all had to be edited and cut up and stuff like that. So I appreciate it. You know, the people at home, uh, you know, we appreciate the, the positive feedback. You have no idea how much work went into that, both from me and Delia and Key, and you know Rob uh, on his on his iPad there, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> you know but we appreciate you guys tuning in you know we had a great response from it and uh, we're very happy with what you guys are saying
0: alright alright well on that note we're gonna break and shout out some of the people in the comments on the live stream right now uh, we have El Dudorino what's up and they're already talking about football they're like screw this Eagles Twitter talk we're gonna talk about football in the chat um, yeah. go Hawks you know people are talking about Chip we'll get to that guys be patient (laughs) before we get to that I do want to let you guys know there was some talk about Zomp being on this episode and doing a little kind of squashing the beef or whatever with Zomp but he had a schedule change last minute and decided not to join so those of you sitting here waiting or wondering where's Zomp where's Zomp um, he will not be appearing anytime soon. So, and since this is the last one, I guess we'll have to wait a whole other season. So, um, all right, America Last, I see you. He wants to know Madden G4D. Are you going to twitch some Madden tonight?
1: Yes. Oh. I'm going to, I have a, uh, a conference championship game coming up, and I need to practice my stick skills here. Uh, for uh, for you guys, just, just if you don't know, I, I do an online franchise with my buddies. We all used to work at EA actually, and so for ten years now we've had this online franchise. And uh, ever since they came out with it, and so it's it's pretty intense, uh, heated battles. And I play the St. Louis Rams by one of the better uh, players in our league, so it's gonna be gonna be heated. It's gonna be Ooh. Nick Foles versus Sam Bradford. You know.
2: Now, what what oh, system are you rocking on?
1: Uh. I'm on the Xbox, Xbox One. Um, okay. I know that's not the preferred for most Madden players, but I had to go with my league. My league went, they went Xbox on the generation change. All right, I'm on it. on I'm on
2: Xbox One, so if you got Ooh. 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 to
3: Madden, yeah, dabble. <laughs>
2: that'll we'll be, be on dabbling. his.
0: That'll be on his channel coming soon. <laughs> and you
1: know what I'm also going to do is I'm going to have a, a chip tribute. So oh, Chip's nice. offense is unique enough that they actually add plays in that are specific to yeah. Kelly plays. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a playbook and then I'm gonna play a couple games with just like the Chip offense and, uh, and
0: Enjoy it while you have I'll, it. I'll huh? I'll
1: run up the middle out of the gun with the Marco Murray all game, you know, just just the way Chip likes it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. And lastly in the comments, I gotta shout out Chuck R. Because he is going for two weeks in a row as champ in my FanDuel League. So um, I was wondering who that was. I knew the second and third place people, but I didn't know you. So Chuck, thank you for saying hi and let me know who you are. And congrats on winning. Um, now, now is the time, guys.
1: I wish there was some kind of news to talk about. You know, it's week 17. You know, it's just kind of like nothing's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, Chip was fired.
0: Oh, I know. By now you've all heard the news. Um, it kind of came at a crazy time yesterday, right when me and e were ready to hop on and prep for our award show and get that going smooth. Um, and it was just the fact that it was just, at an unexpected time, right? I was like, maybe if it was on Black Monday, like, okay. But it's, the way it went down has me all twisted. Like, it didn't rub me, like, I don't even know how to handle this, (laughs) guy. So, um, you know, I figured we'll get to your individual thoughts, but um, just, I don't know, maybe a while ago, they did release Chip Kelly's, uh, statement. So I figured I'd read that. Okay. And then we can just kind of freestyle, get into what we need to just talk about, get off our chest.
1: And for the viewers out there, if you're not aware, Jeffrey Laurie, you know, he put out his own letter uh-huh. uh, saying to the fans of saying why Chip was released. So if you haven't read that, I recommend it. It's not that long. And then this is what follows. This is Chip's official letter to the fans, This public press
0: release. Ah, do you remember those exact reasons from the Lurie statement uh, or no? No. Nah, okay. Alright, really. we'll get into that. So Chip says, I'm grateful to Jeffrey Lurie for allowing me to coach the Philadelphia Eagles for the past three seasons. I deeply regret that we did not bring this great city and its fans the championship they deserve. I was blessed to work with the gifted and hardworking coaching staff every day and they will succeed wherever they go. Finally, my players mean the world to me. I will miss them very much, and I will be rooting for them to achieve their dreams. Life is all about responding to challenges and seizing opportunities.
1: So to me, that last line is like his like passive aggressiveness, like, I'm going to get you when I'm in Tennessee with Mariota type talk. Uh, you know, but... Maybe it's just something nice that his, you know, his publicist wrote or something. But to me, I, I read into that as he's pissed. Yeah. And you don't—I don't think you want Chip pissed at you. I don't know. I think he's still talented enough at given, you know, a good quarterback. Because you look at what he did when Foles had a good year. You know.
2: Isn't that like a Oregon uh, twist? Like they have that win the day, and he's like seizing the moment, and win the day kind of thing.
1: I yeah. I guess Chip hit the hit the Oregon trail. That's a good
3: one. That was actually a very that was that was a good one. That was, I'm gonna steal that one. I might steal You're that one.
2: Funny. He's like, I'm gonna make the GIF. I know. am gonna be on that
3: gif right after we get
0: done with this
2: podcast. Hey. <laughs> Kelly's got now. sedentary. Oh, <laughs>
0: So, okay, you kind of got my initial thoughts. I feel like Madden G40, yours was similar, right?
1: On Chip's press release?
0: Well, no, just on him, the news. Of him being released slash fired, whatever you want to call it.
1: Well, you know, it's it's moments like these that are actually the highlights of being an Eagles fan, right? So, like, I still remember when, you know, there's good and there's bad, right? Uh Uh-huh. And even though chip was fired, it's I think I'm hoping it's gonna lead to better things, right? So so I was shocked initially, like super excited. Like Delio she made a, a reaction video It was actually pretty funny. She's like what, is, what? What's going on? You know? And I think I had a little bit of that, you know, it happened in the middle of the day, I was busy running around doing stuff. Um, but it was like she said, just totally unexpected. I mean, I think as I had time to kind of think about it a little bit more and think about the details, um, I really think that it's <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie making kind of a rash decision in a short time frame based on the lack of preparation. Like, the players didn't even know about it. You know what I mean? Like, if this really was one of those things, like, the players probably would have been brought into a room and told what was happening while he was being escorted out or something, you know what I mean? Um, and so to me, that says Chip being kind of an aggressive dude and Jeff maybe grilling him. They had an argument, and Jeff was just like, <laughs> Good, You're out. Peace. Don't, right. The door hit you on the way out. That's what I think happened at this point, based on the information yeah. that I have. And I'm disappointed in it. I'm disappointed that Jeff would get upset to that point and actually go through it and make that kind of decision. That's my thing mm.
0: So where are y'all at?
3: Go ahead, E. Well, uh, you know, I, uh, here, here I am. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. The timing of the whole thing is incredibly curious. Um, I was willing to, and by willing, I mean just willing to put up with another year, of Chip um, early on in this season, you know, we all watch our Eagles with both our eyes and our hearts. And often at times we have conflicts between the two. Looking from the end of last year, that epic collapse going into the offseason that we just had, where he traded away or, you know, did not re sign or released uh, so many popular and key players. And they goes into the season really with a unstructured team with no chemistry whatsoever, parts that do not fit in the right holes that he handpicked. Like a DeMarco Murray, you handpicked him and you put him into your system and it's just not working out. You had this Oregon offense, you trade for Sam Bradford, and he's a pocket passer. Uh, What we saw, or at least what I saw on the field, was fundamentally and conceptually flawed football. I feel like eventually the players started to not build a culture but rather see it as, you know, winning builds culture. Culture doesn't always necessarily breed winning. And then also Chip's deflection during press conferences is not willing to take responsibility. Throwing Deuce under the bus, well, I don't touch the running backs. And then wanting all the power but last, you know, kind of press conference saying, well, I'm not the GM. Well, it's not me. It's the players. It's the execution. There's nothing wrong with our game plan. I mean, if you will go back and look at all the press conferences, constantly deflection away from them. The timing's curious, but uh, if they really feel like this was going to move the franchise forward, knowing full well they have to find a new head coach to the job that Chip Kelly is doing, and with that I will pass it to Gale.
2: I'm I'm picturing like a corporate setting when they give you the box and they walk you out with the security guards, yeah. Chip Kelly. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, something really must have went down in that office. You know, you know, Chip probably threw a fit or something. Um, but I, I respect Lurie doing it this way. Like a lot of the pundits were saying, Lurie wouldn't do this. He let. He let uh, Andy Reid stay for 14 years. This is not his M.O. He's not going to do this. And he and he put he put the uh put the foot down on the curb stomped um Chip Kelly and said, you know what, this is my team. I own this. I own this team and, and did it his way. Um, but it was definitely shocking. You know, I I think my jaw was open for about uh about half hour. Um, I was ready for the Eagle Twitter Awards, all hyped about that. I'm like, you know, Chip Kelly just stole the Eagle Twitter Awards thunder. Um, but um, it's just amazing to see how it went down. And You see all the players are – now all these little nuggets of information are leaking out, and we're, we're finally putting the puzzle together, yeah. um, what, are some what of those was nuggets, going down.
1: What are some of those nuggets that you heard?
2: Uh, you know, you know, Lane Johnson talking about, um, you know, being in practice uh, every day is like being in the OTAs, and he's like, we're we're working like we're we're in the OTAs the whole season, and he's basically saying like a lot of teams don't do that, and if you think back to all the things like uh, let's say Kerry Williams would say about how how players are tired, and I'm saying what players aren't uh focalizing but I'm speaking up for the rest of the team and just you're just seeing all these you know things where chip Kelly mismanaged his team the roster the locker room uh, the resources uh, the funds it's just you know it was mismanagement 101 and he wrote the book this season so
1: mm, yeah I think I think, uh, I think one mistake that uh, maybe would change his outcome here. Is with the offensive line, because um, you, you know everyone knows DeMarco Murray is a north south guy, and you guys would see when we would run up the middle, like those were terrible runs. Uh, now the outside runs were also terrible, but for different reasons, right? So the outside runs, Markham Murray couldn't run behind blockers, right? The inside runs, there were no holes, right? So when you when you release Harriman's because he's too old. You drop Mathis because he keeps asking for money, you know. And then you know Kelsey's not a big dude; he's a smaller dude. Um, yeah, like I think, I think if we had, you know, maybe from from free agency or the draft, or keeping Mathis, like we had big dudes that can make a little bit of space in the middle, Marco Murray would have been playing well all season. And you you know you can put Matthews in on the outside for the outside runs, and let Murray go straight forward, I and mean, then you don't have that controversy. And you know what what if this is total speculation, right? But you know, an owner involved owners, right? They sometimes put pressure on the coach to run the team in a certain way. And if Laurie is making that stance he might have said something to the effect of let's use our really expensive running back to Marco Murray a little bit more. And being as hard-headed as Chip seems like he is, he was probably like, don't tell me how to run my team. And that could have been the whole topic that blew everything up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. So, like, the biggest missing piece of this puzzle was our O-line. Like, if we had a stronger O-line, a lot of the the offensive performance would have been different, you know, and that could have changed the entire season. Um, and even with this season, we were just, you know, one, two wins away from still winning the division. But, um, and that's why I was looking forward to this off season because I was like, okay, I can sit back, relax. Um, I know Chip is going to have to address the line, and he knows what he's been building, right? And we fixed this oh man it's going to be like you know this rising sun and we will start glowing again you know I was ready you know I was relieved that we were kind of just out of it you should have
1: known better
0: I know you're an Eagles
1: fan you can't relax so
0: that's why I'm just kind of like damn just when I thought I could relax and just see Chip ride this out another year if he improved great that means we're in the right track if not then we get rid of him but this happening the way it did it kind of made me upset and like I don't, <laughs> I found myself, shout out to EDP, I see him in the comments, he called me this morning, and you all know his opinion is very different from mine, and I was like yelling at him, I was like, no, does this make sense to you, can you tell me this, right, right, and I was like, he's like, yo, calm down, and I'm like, you, of all people? I know, I was yelling at him, and I was like, dude, what is happening, um, and I think,
1: It's your motherly instincts kicking in. Uh, You're protecting the nest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but
0: like, I guess the issue I have is I'm not even concerned, because Norbcam tweeted me today, too, and he was like, you know, I knew you you were a fan of Chip, and I was like, it's not even me liking Chip. That's not the issue, because I did think he had the potential. I really, I, I liked his vision and wanted him to just try and, you know have some time to actually execute it to see whether it worked or not because obviously the way he works is risky there's no guarantees I understand that but I live my life risky man and I'm cool with you know taking the risk and seeing if it pans out but I feel like it got cut too short and I the issue I have isn't that I like chip the issue I have now is I have concerns with Lurie and the gang you know the way they handled this was very bad um, in that you just look at okay they pursued Chip really hard right and he didn't want to come here and then they fought and you know kept going pursuing it and he came and then they invested in him and his program and they even catered the facility to his vision you know sports science and smoothie bars and all these things where they invested in the actual, you know, the gym and all of that. And then, on top of that, they give him full control. And then, in that same year, they just cut him loose. And I'm just like, it's these quick, rash decisions that don't make sense. And, and if that's how you're going to run your business, our franchise is screwed. <laughs> like, good. that's what scares me.
1: It's it's a little it's bit It's those
0: guys now. I don't a, care.
1: You're right. It's a, it's a it smells a little bit like Al Davis. Like a little bit. Like right. you know? Like the Al Davis, you know, his pies baking in the next room and your door is closed and it's like coming under the door a little bit. It smells a little bit like Al Davis.
2: But I mean, what if what if Chip Kelly was like a mad dog, like he was like old yeller and he was foaming at the mouth and they had to put him down? you know <laughs> you just in hey, it was like yeah I that's want
1: exactly what happened to Andy Reed, right?" <laughs> that's exactly what happened to Andy Reid like we were holding on and holding on to Andy Reid and so, finally
2: okay. he had to cut him Actually, you know? Chip but, Kelly yeah. was old yellered. so
3: <laughs> I'm okay that that, that uh, that's a definitely an interesting take on it and it's a little different from what from what they're saying here in Philadelphia a lot of the people including myself are actually applauding Jeffrey Lurie for just cutting to the chase. I know people that are in the building that were all on board. He had everybody sold on his system early on and towards the end of this system or, the, or end of this year rather they had pretty much completely you know and organizationally lost faith in what he was doing because they saw that, that fundamental flaws in what he was doing. Uh, I'm not concerned about Jeffrey Lurie whatsoever as an owner. There have been way too many power struggles within. There was Andy Reid versus Joe Banner. There was Joe Banner versus Howie Roseman. There was Howie Roseman versus Andy Reid. There was there was Howie Roseman versus Chip Kelly. For once, you know, it, Jeffrey Lurie finally put his foot down and said, "This is my goddamn team." And if you don't and if you don't perform, if you if you trade away these players, and it does not just like he said in the press conference, if you trade away these players, I understand there's a risk involved. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And adios. He actually, for the first time since he bought the team in 1995, manned up, took a stand, didn't wait for things to progress like he did with Andy. Andy stayed two years past his welcome. And, uh, you know, he he did what he had planned on doing. I want to say he did what he had to do. I was willing to give him one more year. But, listen, if if you lost faith that much, might as well just cut it now.
2: Hmm. Well, and then uh, Lurie made, made a statement about saying there there are some candidates they, they have interest in, uh, and this gives Chip an opportunity to do his thing and gives them an opportunity with the playoffs coming um, to talk to some of these coaches who are in a position to interview because once they – after a certain time, they, they can't interview. But So I, I think maybe they have someone in mind.
1: But if they have someone in mind now, that would be someone – that is not on a playoff team, right? So it'd be someone that's out of the league or in college. What do you think? What do you guys think? Uh,
2: maybe Hugh Jackson. Anyone? Any anybody giving Hugh Jackson love?
1: Yo, yeah, I'll give him some love. Uh, that's the offensive coordinator for it's the Bengals, angry. right? Yeah, he's done a good job over there. He has a lot of good pieces over there too. Um, Oh, that's actually interesting. Who's a better quarterback, Andy Dalton or Sam Bradford?
3: Dalton.
1: Dalton.
2: Dalton? I mean, career. Dalton's having a career year before he got injured. Yeah. He's having a career year. But um, uh, he's done a lot of good things with the Cincinnati Bengals. An- another coach people are talking about, Sean Payton. Uh, he still has time with uh, the Saints, but, you know, maybe they're tired of him. Um, Adam Case. Adam uh, Work he's done with Jay Jay, uh, Jay Cutler out in Chicago, and he did a lot of good work with the Broncos. Um, some people are saying uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, uh, New England Patriots retread, um, Kyle Shanahan. I mean the list. Uh, David Shaw from Stanford, I'm a big fan of. Okay. So it's it's going to be interesting to see which angle they they go. Larry said he's. He'll, he's interested in talking to college coaches, NFL coaches, and even some retired coaches. So
1: what, So, if, if you guys could choose uh, maybe like a favorite, would you want a defensive coach or an offensive coach?
3: Well, I'm, I mean, if, I, if I'm speaking for me, I, I, I don't know who I want. I know what I want. I don't know who I want. Uh, what I want is, and they don't grow on trees, but I would try to, I would try to match these qualifying characteristics up to the head coaching search. I want an NFL guy who has experience in the NFL, who knows the NFL game and how to manage NFL player personalities. Because I guarantee you, whatever coach comes in to take this team would love to have LaShawn McCoy and Jeremy Macklin and you know maybe even Deshaun Jackson back. Andy could put up with it. He was an NFL guy. I want a guy that um, that that has a history of taking bad programs. Not that this is a bad program, but you know your record is what you your record is what it is, and flipping them. So basically, like 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 an old head, like, I, I, like a Bill Parcells type. Not to say that him, but you know he he was able to win a couple of Super Bowls with the Giants. He flipped the Jets into a playoff team. He flipped the Patriots into a playoff team. He flipped the Cowboys into a playoff team because he had an eye for NFL talent. And he knew how to coach guys above their level. Uh, I'm not sure you can pull that from college. If it was up to me, I'd take a hard, long, hard look at Sean McDermott, a guy who's used to Philadelphia and knows the landscape and knows the fan base and knows the media and knows what he's getting himself into. Uh, Chip was a little overwhelmed. Uh, how about you, Gail?
2: Uh, he's a Jim Johnson disciple, so, hey, you know, that's, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, Hugh Jackson. Uh, he, he, when when Jeff, Jeffrey Larry was talking about, he was uh, going over the type of coach that he was looking for, and describing was that that coach was everything opposite what Chip Kelly is, right? And it, it's basically he's looking for a player's coach. And when 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 he was when he was describing this this character, and the guy that just kept popping in my head was Hugh Jackson. Now, if you guys watched uh. Uh, hard knocks, uh, Hugh Jackson, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a player's coach. He's very charismatic and very set in his ways. Um, and if you look what he did with the backfield this year with um, Giovanni Bernard and uh, um, Jeremy Hill, he challenged those guys. Um, and and he, he challenged Andy Dalton. He made that offense better. And he's a, he's a player's coach. So Hugh Jackson, I, I'm... I'm fighting that good fight with you Jackson. Yeah.
0: all right we see a little favorite taking a stance over there. here
2: taking <laughs> a stance
0: Well we have uh, the great Kane and Coco fan they're saying hey, Juan Castillo
1: no. Oh! No. No, no
0: I mean I'm I'm with Iraq here. I don't know I I don't know who I would want right now because I'm I'm still just kind of trying to absorb the reality of what had happened. And now I'm trying to analyze why did it happen and, like, now trying to piece things together and make it all make sense, but I'm kind of, like, just stressing myself out. But the only thing that can make me feel better is once we hire someone, like, who that is is going to be a big, you know, it's going to be a big deal. And if it's nowhere near, like, if we don't even know who this fool is, like, If we were like the Bears, you know, when they got rid of uh, Lovey and they bring in, like, Trestman, like, you know, just some like, some dude from the CFL, really? CFL? Like, I don't want to end up like that, you know? So I don't, just not knowing scares me.
1: I Um, think Lori's a little bit smarter than that.
0: Well, see, and me, I would have normally said that, but now I'm scared. I don't know what to think. I know, you know, like Iraq mentioned, like Philly, they respect that he was able to just kind of, you know just make this hard decision but in my eyes and we don't know how this played out you yeah. know and was I mean we knew Roseman and Chip Kelly kind of had this like battle you know and <clears throat> Chip Kelly won in the preseason but now you know who was sitting with Laurie in the box every game you know who was in his ear and maybe was he an influence to Laurie to kind of make him make this kind of quick like decision without thinking
1: it through. I wouldn't put it past him. So yeah,
0: that,
1: that it's crazy. That, I don't
0: know.
1: You know, like chips out. You know, managing the team. You know, doing the games. What's Roseman doing, right? He's just sitting in the office next to Lori.
2: Roseman was platting
1: all, all the mistakes. You know.
2: <laughs> Roseman was platin You know. <laughs> oh. It, it basically, <laughs> you write a book about this in 10, 10 years. And he's been strutting
0: around the facility now, right? Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> Lur, Lurie was holding him up, and then Roseman swept
3: the leg. Yeah, right?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, well, just remember, too, that uh, Lurie, like, look, Chip, Chip was the right hire. You know, if I was to do it all again, I would do the same exact thing. He was the hot name. He was the hot college coach. Y- you thought you were getting Jimmy Johnson. You got Steve Spurrier. You know, stuff... Like that happens, but keep in mind Jeffrey Lurie is also the same guy who once upon a time hired an unnamed or or, or an unknown quarterback coach from Green Green Bay named Andy Reid, and saw enough in him to bring him in. So if Ray was there, and then Andy was brought in and had what 14, 15 years of success, I can't even remember how long he was there. And then Chip was the right hire, even though it didn't work out. I have all the confidence in the world that the next head coach will be the right hire. That's
1: a good point. It's a really good point.
0: All right. Got all the faith in Lori. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a little sketchy now, because I don't know the full details. And you know, had it been a Black Monday, I might have been alright. You know? But this is too it's just so it's too weird
2: for me. I, like, I it,
1: like it, man. I, I like it. Ah! I like it.
2: I I've been so depressed since that loss last week. Uh, I've have done my binge watching on Netflix, watched Narcos, did my Call of Duty thing, GTA, killed some people, you know, trying to get over this depression. And this is the this is the first thing that I, when he got when I heard the news it actually made me smile. And not in a bad way, just in a smile that change gonna come. And we need some change. We need some new blood, and it was just getting—it just went off the tracks, and that's really where we're at. So crazy.
0: Was it completely off the tracks, though?
2: I don't think so.
1: So look, mm-hmm. look, look, look. Like so, you—you you know, off the tracks. Make mistakes, right? People make mistakes, and I don't want to beat on this too much, but where I was coming from, my stance pre-chip firing was. He probably he made some mistakes, right? And I think he's a smart enough guy to correct those. And that's what I was looking forward to him doing in the off season. Um, now, the things that I think were harder for him to overcome was more the fact that he wasn't a player's coach, right? Uh-huh. I think that was his biggest fault in terms of leadership. Is he he was he was too much focused on science. And too little focused on people. And I think if he was a better leader, he would focus on people a little bit more for both the motivation, ba- motivational factor and the, the, the camaraderie factor that you need as a team. I'm sure he, he's, he can deal with that plenty well. He's obviously a successful head coach. But I, from me on the outside looking in, I, I noticed that flaw early. Um, and when you lose, it's going to get amplified. And he wasn't able to recover from it. So we talked
0: about the whole people, you know, player-coach dynamic. Like, what? So, Gail, you mentioned Lane Johnson. And on, you know, a couple other occasions, we've heard, you know, players kind of complaining of having to work too hard, right? Is there any other things that came out this week that I'm missing that players have had a...
2: I mean, you really got to go back and, like, piece things together, you know, like yeah. thinking about Jason Peters' situation when he was like unhealthy, and was he gonna play or wasn't gonna gonna play? Did Jason, I mean, uh, did Jason Peters take himself out of the game? Uh, and, and you heard rumors about veteran players not wanting to play hurt for Chip. Um, and you, you know, some players don't didn't have any comments after, you know. And you got to read between the lines. Everything that they're not saying, you got to read in between the lines to make up your own, uh, you know, story.
3: And plus, and Plus, you got to go back and you got to look at, like, uh, even now, a lot of things are starting to make sense. Even though, at the time, it was clouded by all the racial angles to it. All of a sudden, what Sean McCoy said on the way out maybe makes a little bit of sense. What Brandon Boykin said on the way out, and it wasn't a racial angle, but it was just, Hey, look, I passed Chip in the hole. He doesn't even look at me. Like, these are grown-ass men who make millions of dollars playing professionally. Like, they're not college kids, you know, and if you can't get that out of your head, then you're going to have problems relating, you know, Shady clouded it with a racial angle, but, uh, you know, just trouble relating to the people that you're trying to coach.
2: Yeah. Even Trey Thomas, you know, a a coach, an assistant coach, who had a lot to lose by putting his name out there and saying what he did say um that's that's concerning and, and Lurie brought up something in the, the press conference i think it was emotional intelligence which yep. i thought was a interesting choice of words uh, basically that's,
1: that's a real thing man eq it's a uh, yeah you should look it up it's pretty cool
2: yeah so i mean so it's basically thinking that chip kelly is not relating to his players yeah and so that's the in- biggest Concern. Remember our podcast two weeks ago, I was saying my biggest concern was him able, uh, you know, losing the locker room. And I, I don't know.
0: And I see that. So I see the trend and I kind of, I look at it in my, you know, my eyes as when I was an athlete and when I was working with coaches. And I totally relate to what these players are saying, but the problem is... I see it is that the way I see Chip what he was trying to do is he was trying to give our team that extra step. No other team is going to the way I got better and the way I won my matches was working like harder than everybody else. So, you know, all the other colleges, their teams, they, you know, they would train from 1 to 4 every single day, maybe do a little extra light work footwork on the side I would wake up do an hour before I even had to go to class then do the midday thing and then you know go to the gym for another hour and jog three miles on top of that and the the reason why I ended up being the best in my conference was because I was doing all this extra stuff on the side was it easy no and the coaches that I've had through my training um, you know I've worked with a lot of different coaches and the best ones were the ones that worked you until you puked you know and nobody liked them they did but it's not about liking them it's about them pushing you to that level to push you to get to that next level you know and it's not the nice ones that do that and you know that's what Chip Kelly was trying to do work them hard but yeah it's gonna hurt in the first few years especially the first-year guys with the Eagles like you know they're going to be dying because they're they're not in that type of shape but after so many consecutive years of doing it your body forms and transforms into what it needs to be to be able to be okay with that type of training and they just didn't want to do that and to me it's kind of like it reminds me of that college girl from stanford where she was just crying because I need to feel safe, you know, and I need to be in a safe space, and blah, blah, blah. Like, she didn't like that she wasn't being catered to, or her feelings were hurt. And it's like, you got to be an adult. You're in college. You know, you got to just grow up, and you got to deal with the hard part in order to succeed. So I just kind of, this whole, I saw what he was trying to do. And I get the players were frustrated, but he was trying to bring in guys with that different type of mindset, that were okay with that, that were willing to sacrifice their bodies and to push themselves to the limits to down the line in a few more seasons to be great. So
2: Now do you guys now you, do you guys feel that Chip Kelly was too much of a micromanager?
3: No, I you know, going going back to what Delia said, there's a difference between working hard and what I, I don't think it's the the fact that they I don't think it's they didn't want to work hard. They didn't want to work hard for him. You know, I mean, you, Dick Vermeil, perfect example, all right. Dick Vermeil worked those players to death. I mean, they they wrote a a, a uh, what is that NFL Network show that they they run all the time, an NFL Life. Dick Vermeil ran those players to death, but he was a player's coach, so they didn't mind doing it for him. I don't think he was a micromanager. He was a micromanager, but he just didn't relate to the players. Listen, you know, we've all worked for bosses that you know we're willing to go the extra step for them because it's them. We're also willing we've also had those bosses that this guy's a f effing prick and I'm not gonna work any harder. I'm gonna do the bare minimum and I'm gonna bitch and moan and piss and whine the whole time because I don't like the person. I think and, Chip Kelly was developing to that guy.
2: Yeah. And and your piss would be monitored too, you know. <laughs> yes, it would be monitored. Yeah, you see I mean that heart monitor stuff and I'm just sleep monitors, uh, I don't know. I think it just it just rubbed a lot of a lot of dudes the wrong way, you know.
0: It's different and it's hard to understand. But like the thing is, how do you get a step ahead against, you know, all these other players who are trying to be the best, you know, the best there is? You have to think outside the box. You have to try different things and yeah, it's going to be weird <laughs> at first, but you think of all the biggest you know tech innovators or you know entrepreneurs and all the most successful people in the world that's how how they started they did something that was weird that nobody understood and had it failed then they would've been just seen as crazy but down the line over a long period of time it succeeded and wow they're geniuses so there's a fine line between genius and crazy and you know we didn't have the time to and see it, his it all
1: that line comes down to winning right? So Steve Jobs was, you know, total asshole the way he drove his team but they would go the extra mile they would listen to him because they knew they would win in the end, you know what I mean? And so when you don't win and you're that type of guy people are just like, peace, they're out you know?
2: Yeah, Yeah. results this is a results league
1: Crazy. Oh, so uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on Chip, but um, any of you have ideas on where he's going to land? Earlier, they were saying USC, like around like week nine or something. They were saying, you know, University of Southern California Trojans are going to have Chip Kelly next year. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know where he's going. i I'm, I'm, i I just love to be in the uh, the pitch room when he's pitching his his uh, his game plan you know <laughs> like who's going to buy like, a lot of people are saying Tennessee uh, and, and look at their facilities The uh, Tennessee Titans are known to be a cheaper organization are they going to revamp everything like the Eagles lay down the red carpet for Chip Kelly uh, he might have his boy Marcus in Tennessee and they might rekindle their love fest but will Tennessee really give him the keys to the engine or the Lambo or the uh, maybe the Fiat maybe. <laughs> good question.
0: I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to see him in the league. I have a feeling it's gonna just
1: come back he, to haunt us. I think he was good enough to stay in the league. Got to think about his wins and losses. No,
0: I think he will be in the. We're league.
1: six and nine right now. Probably gonna be six and ten. We had two ten and six seasons to start his career. And so he's 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 heavier in the wins column than you know a lot of existing coaches right now. So
2: I mean, um, but you, you do got to look at his his like his record from the end of last season to now is not big, has not been good. So
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, the, I guess the last the last 16 hasn't been that good, but um, I think most of that was this year, and most of that was with that bad offensive line problem. You know, we all talked about it. The different pieces not gelling it wasn't working, I, I'm i sure he was going to address it, um, but, but... So we, if, we
2: have, if, if we have one reason why Chip Kelly didn't succeed, go around the room, talk amongst yourself. One reason why Chip Kelly did not succeed in Philadelphia.
1: His bad GM moves, right? So this the, Kiko Alonso didn't pan out the way he wanted. Uh, he got... He was quick on the draw with releasing um, Mathis. Um, I kind of agree with Deshaun Jackson, but you want to get some value for him. I mean, even if he's not the locker room guy you want, get some value for him. He's one of the top receivers. Um, and so I think it's his GMness that really uh, lost him the gig. And I felt he would have got better at that and definitely not made those same mistakes. But, you know... He didn't have the uh, the clout to keep doing that, you know?
2: Yeah, tell you.
0: So the question is his biggest flaw or his. If you
1: could boil it down to one, one reason. Flaw.
0: I, Well, I think it was he had to, he was too successful his first two seasons. Your first two seasons as coach, you're allowed to fail, right? Because you're, you know, all this change, you're rebuilding. The problem was he won right away. You know, and he was close in his three years. He was close to, you know, snatching up two NFC East titles, you know. Um, But he only got one, and that was his first year. So he was too successful too soon. And so since this season, it wasn't as successful. We saw it as him declining when in reality, he was, this was the year he was rebuilding. He?
3: He was in way over his head. Whether it be dealing with the personalities of professional athletes or judging the level of NFL talent or the practice schedule of NFL or dealing with the Philadelphia media or dealing with the Philadelphia fans, uh, he was just in way over his head. I don't know if 10 years from now we could look back and revisit this entire situation and this entire uh, conversation and be like, oh, if only we just... We're a little bit more patient with him because now he's a Super Bowl winning coach. But as of right now, it's way over his head.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it was his. Uh, basically, it comes down to his ego. His ego got in the way. I think he could have he made some changes, uh, adapted. But I think he was so set in his ways that he was he was totally Frank Sinatra. He's like, I'm gonna do it my way.
0: <laughs> Sing it. Nice. Um, that's a good point. I think, and I think this move came down to ego too. You know, it was kind of the ba- battle, clashing of the egos, and that's why it was so kind of just quick and shocking. Um, but you know, I will say, I do feel better talking it out.
1: Oh, see. you know,
0: I'm not as I was like shaky.
1: Therapy is eagles therapy. Like, I
0: seriously was like shaky. I was like, I was still angry this morning. So
1: how does that make you feel?
0: <laughs> but talking it out, hearing everyone's sides, you know, it does help. It does help.
1: You're venting. I know. you
0: venting it out. Um, so I think uh, it's almost time for us to start wrapping up. So any other final thoughts, questions, yeah. topics you'd like to just, put out there for our final podcast of the oh. season. Whoa!
1: Yeah, I want to leave on this one. I mean, you guys can add some more too, but, like, um, I wanted to ask this question to everybody. Um, so we're going to have a new GM, right? Well, it's going to be Howie again. Um, and we're going to have a new coach, right? And he's going to have a new scheme, offensively and defensively. Um, and, a new,
3: and a new baby. And, and we're going to have a new
1: Eagles fan. Good luck, charm. Come, come in, in June. But, like, for, for the players... For the players that are on the field, the players on our roster, which player is on the hot seat for the new regime?
0: Oh, Coop's gone. Cooper? <laughs> Cooper? He's gone.
2: <laughs> I, I just been thinking all week, I, imagine Riley Cooper showing up to a new locker room with 90% African-American. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: He doesn't know. Yeah, I would love to see that. <laughs> i'd pay to see that
3: <laughs>
1: you should uh you should uh, periscope that there you go so, so riley, riley cooper for both you
3: no no so so many times so many times when uh when you see new head coaches come into an organization the first thing that gets asked is the quarterback uh because if it is not your hand-picked quarterback whether that's via free agency trade or the draft a lot of times that that uh, they butt heads early on, and new head coaches will want to draft themselves a quarterback and handcuff themselves. Not to mention the fact that Bradford isn't under contract after this year. So if anybody's going to go, and through the no, Brad, through no fault of Bradford, it's just a situational thing. Uh, if anybody's going to go, whether it be Bradford's choice or the head coach's choice, is going to be him. Wow, yeah. yeah. You
1: got to think of the quarterback. You made a lot of good points because he's going to be owed a lot of money,
3: right? Well, no, he, he, we don't have him under contract after this year. That, that, that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, we have to pay him basically now. Yeah. Or pay him in free agency. Yeah. And you have to have a coach that's probably already familiar with them to feel comfortable... giving that money. ...spending all that money, because it's going to be at least four years, so it's going to be the coach's stint in Philadelphia, you know, or not. So... Um, yeah, that's, that's a really tough one. I think um, I agree with all you guys, but I think I, when I also have to put out DeMarco Murray, you know, he didn't perform this year, he's owed a lot of money, maybe that's a trade piece that the new coach uses to get some players that he wants.
2: Or if they go to a power running game, they could design something around DeMarco. Yeah, but it's true, it's yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I you know, we, you know, as Eagles fans, we watched DeMarco since he came in the league with the Cowboys, and... He's had one really good season, and the Cowboys were waiting forever for him to have that one really good season. Before that, he had he was injured, I think, almost every year, and he had you know light fumble issues, you know, <laughs> before he broke out. So he he had one really good year and then a, a down year. So you know you look at his whole body of work, do you keep him for that amount of money? Because he's only getting older. How old is DeMarco Murray? Do you guys know?
2: Hey. 26, 27? Yeah, 26,
1: 27. Yeah, to Some years left. But uh but yeah, I mean, you got to if you need new pieces, you might want to trade trade DeMarco and keep uh try to keep Ryan Matthews around. But well, who's going
2: to eat that that contract? He's got a big contract as well, so.
1: I think, you yeah, know, there's teams that would be interested in him.
2: Yeah. Oh, but the other thing I was I was thinking about defensively, do we stick with the 3-4 Or go to a four-three. I mean, we have some good players. Uh, You know, Vinny. Everybody loves Vinny Curry, an Eagle fan at heart. Uh, Grew up as an Eagle fan. You know, imagine keeping Vinny Curry. Uh, He could do his thing uh, opposite Brandon Graham. You could move uh, Connor Barwin uh, back in the middle or something. Do something with him. a lot of people are, are rooting for a four-three. Really? As am I. Yeah.
3: There you go.
1: I, you know, so th- I'm biased because I play video games <laughs> right here, right? <laughs> so, um, I like the the three-four. Uh, I played in the four-three a very long time. Uh, Trent Cole, you know, you're my dude. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's a little bit different. I like that the 3-4 gives you more flexibility, and you can do a lot of, like, you know, disguise blitzes and move people around. And, you know, Jim Johnson did a little bit of that. He moved some people around. Like, uh, that year that uh, what the Patriots were having their undefeated season, we came out with some funky defense where we had Trent Cole as the joker behind-the-nose tackle, you know, that was tight, which is basically a 3-4. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I like the put a 3-4 a little bit. But that's painful. That's so painful because we were just going from a four three to a three four, and we still have pieces of a four three like Brandon Graham in there. But to move move back, I don't know. I guess we are in the middle, so we could go either way. But
2: we got players. We have we do have the players to do that. So yeah.
3: Yeah. most most of your defensive additions have been, let's say, in the secondary. So that that translates, that always translates. Yeah. Brandon Graham, we actually drafted when we were running a four three. So that was just a mistake. Should have been Earl Thomas, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, you know, that, that was a mistake not. altogether. You really have still a lot of the four three defense. And a three four defense is an outstanding defense, but but you have to have every single piece squared away. It is so Pittsburgh Steelers when you have every sing- when you have that Casey Hampton in the middle. When you have you know, Harrison on the outside, when you have a Palomalu that can drop into a box, when you have the talent and every single piece is the right thing, it is deadly. But if you do not have the right piece, and if you are trying to convert Trent Cole or Vinnie Curry to an outside linebacker, and you've got Mr. Belly Shirt, Kiko Alonso, Shakira's older brother in the middle, and an aging D'Amico Ryans, and friggin', you know, it, it, it just it, it 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 all of a sudden goes from a very effective tool to a very ineffective defense.
2: You don't got to worry about those guys because we got Hicks coming back.
3: Oh. Yeah, the, the goat.
1: Ooh. Yeah, and that's a good point. We have a lot of middle linebackers <laughs> right now, so yeah, those are also pieces to trade.
2: It's when I was watching D'Amico Ryan's. They were getting his take on uh, the whole Chip Kelly thing. It, it looked like he was like, "I'm going to get cut anyway." Yeah, <laughs> that look on his face. I was like, Mustafa, no. Yeah. <laughs> I like, this. like, I'm probably getting cut anyway.
3: But.
0: Oh, man. Well, any other final questions on your end, boys, on the East Coast?
3: No, but I, I would just like to take a minute and um, say thank you, Delia, for, for having us. Uh, on your channel. You've you've been a wonderful host and I've looked forward to these podcasts every week. This is the first year of my eight years on YouTube that I'm actually doing anything live and anything with anybody else. And I remember once upon a time, me and Graham had a uh, conversation in Bullies Pub when you guys were here week two and shared thoughts and theories about social media and YouTube and, and, and conceptual ideas. And he said, you know, you man, you really got to start branching out a little bit more. And I am so happy it was here on Philadelphia's channel. I couldn't have found a better home, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys next year for the same exact podcast.
1: Awesome, yeah. yeah. Aww, yeah.
2: I Mike drop. drop, yeah. Yeah, thank you guys for uh, bring, bringing me into this wonderful nest. Felt like I found a little home. Uh, got my therapy sessions about the Eagles. Uh, it's been great, and I look forward to doing more getting things off my chest.
1: Cool. I have a feeling we're going to have to get some things off our chest in this off-season. So maybe <laughs> we'll do an unscheduled, impromptu. Oh, okay. You
0: know. Maybe if okay. something big goes down and we're all like, we need to talk about it, maybe. So you know what? That'll be a good reason for those of you that haven't subscribed, whether it's here or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts. Uh, that way you'll get notifications if we have some surprise, you know, debuts. But for now, I think the plan is, you know, until next season. What do we say, preseason? About that time. About that time. Um, and yeah, this has been or- fun. And thank you guys. You know, it's it's been a very fun, you know, kind of experiment, I guess. You know, and uh, I'm glad it was. It it we put together the perfect team. You know, and. Like Iraq was saying, we had barely met in person for the first time this season, and we started doing, just collaborating on different things, and then we're doing Eagles Awards with guest presenters. (laughs) So it just kind of snowballed into this really awesome thing. And that's what I love about YouTube, you know? It's like it brings everybody together, and that's that's why we keep doing it. So,
3: Well,
1: let's make sure everyone knows where to find all of the uh, hosts on this podcast. You guys want to sound off where they can find you on Twitter and all that stuff. Uh, so, Because the off-season we're going to disband a little bit, but we want to s- stay in touch.
0: Alright. E-Rock, where can uh, we find you? You can
3: find me on Twitter, and Twitter's the big one, uh, at The Mighty E-Rock, Instagram at The Mighty E-Rock, here on YouTube, youtube.com uh, 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 slash The Mighty E-Rock, facebook.com slash Eagles Tailgate Team, and uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Gail, where can they find you? Uh,
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Eagle Sessions. That's E-A-G-L-E Sessions. And then uh, I have another channel, another uh, handle. Uh, That's Gail E. Saunders, if you guys want to talk NFL draft and nerdy NFL stuff. And you can find me on YouTube. Just search for Gail Saunders. I will pop up. Uh, I will be doing more videos this season. So that is it and
0: I have both their um, YouTube channels in the description so since you're on YouTube just click on that click subscribe Um, and we also have
1: Uh, I'm going by Madden G4D uh, on YouTube Twitter basically those places Uh, so you can hit me up there and of course you know how to find Philadelphia Philadelphia
0: everywhere Um, so I put all our channels so G4D is at the top actually because he has I think the least amount of subscribers out of everyone. So I'm not, I'm not
1: mad. I'm not mad.
0: <laughs> let's get uh, let's get Gail and G4D. Let's give him a little bump, y'all. Give him some love. And then uh, yeah, I'm I mean you know me. I'm not really going anywhere. I'm still gonna make videos during the off season. <laughs> I get a little experimental with my videos, so I'm warning you now it's gonna get weird. But uh <laughs> but that's it. So uh again, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to our channels, hit us up on Twitter or wherever you like to, and uh, that's it. Feeling a lot better. And it's your girl signing off with the homies. On you our guys final, ready? Final podcast episodes. let go.